During this time of physical distancing, there's been a lot of more screen time at the Philix. Amy and I are both using Zoom for work. The girls are going online for school assignments and to keep in touch with friends. And we are all watching a lot more TV. One treasure that Amy and I stumbled upon a few weeks ago was the sports documentary miniseries, The Last Dance. A ten-part series giving an in-depth look at basketball's Chicago Bulls dynasty through the lens of their final championship season in 97 and 98. Now, those who know something about the history of the Bulls will understand that there's a lot of this story that centers on Michael Jordan's role on the team. You might even call the series a vanity project. Now, this is understandable. Michael Jordan was an exceptionally gifted player. To quote one article, he could blow by defenders for a dunk or a layup in traffic. He could drain shots from beyond the arc, pull up for a mid-range jump shot, and he had also perhaps the best post-up game for a guard that the game has ever seen. In his 15 seasons, Michael Jordan won an incredible 10 scoring titles, which is a league best. Even his contemporaneous superstars recognized his unique abilities. Magic Johnson, a superstar in his own right, said about Jordan, there's Michael Jordan, and then there's the rest of us. As you watch the series, you'll note how Michael gets all the attention. The fans are cheering for him. The media is focused on him. His gifts and abilities capture the world's attention. Today is Pentecost. It's the day we celebrate as the church's birthday. On Pentecost so many years ago, the Holy Spirit swept through an upper room and gave Jesus' disciples astonishing new abilities. They proclaimed God's wonders in other languages. Peter preached his first sermon. When people witnessed this event, thousands joined the community that day. On Pentecost many years ago, the disciples received the gift that Jesus had promised, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit bestowed a variety of supernatural graces on this newly formed community. Gifts of support, gifts of speech, and gifts of power. These gifts were great blessings. They helped the fledgling community prosper. They enabled the gospel message to spread. But these gifts also became points of contention. Paul's letter to the church at Corinth devotes a number of chapters to this topic. He explores the nature and purpose of these gifts and also addresses the conflict swirling around them. It seems, it seems that among the Corinthians, and you have to read between the lines, it seems that among the Corinthians, that gift first seen at Pentecost, the gift of speaking in tongues, was particularly valued. Those who had this gift boasted about their abilities and saw it as a mark, a badge of special status. And so gifts that were meant to strengthen 
the whole community became a source of division. People began comparing themselves with each other. Depending on the gift they had been given, some were feeling pretty good about themselves, even superior, and others, well, they were feeling inferior to the rest. I don't think it's too much different in the modern-day church community, even in those communities where speaking in tongues aren't so prevalent. We tend to prize those gifts that are front and center. We laud those blessed with gifts of words and speech. At the same time, we tend to ignore those gifts that operate in the background, those many different gifts of support. We ignore them to the extent that many who are blessed with gifts of hospitality, mercy, service, don't even really consider these abilities as a spiritual gift. But what does Paul have to say about the gifts of the Spirit? I think there are at least four important points that we can take out of today's passage. Four points. First of all, it should be noted that all the gifts come from God. Paul notes there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. The fact that these gifts come from God takes away all opportunities for boasting. I mean, if it's a spiritual, it's a supernatural grace that allows us to empathize with the suffering of others or allow us to connect with others through speech, then we shouldn't go around claiming this gift as something we own. Paul notes that spiritual gifts come from God. But secondly, he argues that each follower of Jesus is given a gift of the Holy Spirit. There is no one who goes without. Paul says it like this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And so on. If you think you might have been absent on the day when the Holy Spirit was doling out these gifts, I think you need to think again. The Bible says it clearly. To each one, to each one, a gift is given. If you can't recognize it in yourself, um, a supernatural endowment, maybe you should talk about it with a friend or a neighbor. At our Bible study this past Thursday, we started talking about the different gifts that are evident at St. Andrews, that are evident here in the church family. It was interesting to note that while it seemed easy for us to recognize the gifts of others, we had a much harder time recognizing the gifts in ourselves. But just because we haven't recognized it doesn't mean we don't have it. According to the Bible, we've all been given a gift. And this gift is for everyone. That's Paul's third argument. 
Paul says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. Ultimately, none of these gifts are meant for private enjoyment, but are a communal blessing. Sometimes they are meant to bless those within the community, and sometimes they are meant to enable the community to further its mission. But in every case, these gifts are meant to be enjoyed by all. Have you ever found yourself envying the gift of another? I worked for a number of years with Richard Topping, and while he's known as a spectacular speaker, he also has an encyclopedic knowledge of all things theological. I mean, he had a big library, and if I asked him a question, he would just go find the book, flip to the page, and show me the quote. It was easy for me to envy that gift until I started thinking, hey, that wasn't just for Richard to um, show off and flaunt, but it was for my own benefit. I benefited from it, as did so many others. Ever find yourself envying the gift of another? Next time you do, consider that person's gift is there for your benefit, as well as the benefit of others. God is ultimately caring for us when the Holy Spirit blesses the church with an extraordinary gift. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given by God. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to everyone. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the benefit of others. And finally, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are shared according to God's plans. Just consider Paul's words. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Sometimes, As individuals, we feel inferior because we don't have the gifts of others. Sometimes, as a church community, we feel that we are without the necessary gifts to thrive. I mean, that church over there, they're growing because they have gifted teachers. Oh, we just don't have that gift. Poor us. And yet, what does the Bible teach us? The Bible teaches us that the God who bestows gifts is giving them according to God's determination and plan. That is, God has provided us with the gifts we need for the ministry that God has called us to at this moment. No evident gifts of evangelism? Well, maybe God isn't calling us to lead a revival. Lots of gifts of service? Maybe God wants us to use these gifts to bless our neighborhood. If you are listening careful to today's reading, you'll have noted that it's not just gifts that are given to the church, but ministries are given to the church. Listen to this again. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Even as we are struggling to find our mission here at St. Andrews, maybe the best approach is to start discerning what sort of gifts God has already blessed us with. Which brings me back to the beginning. I mentioned that 
Amy and I had been watching The Last Dance, that sports documentary miniseries about the Chicago Bulls. Anyone who watches it will notice the focus on Michael Jordan. But the story isn't all about him, as those who have watched it will know. Each episode, in fact, well, the majority of them, take a look at the supporting cast, the rest of the team. Michael was an extraordinarily gifted basketball player, but there wouldn't have been a dynasty without the coach, Phil Jackson. After Chicago, Jackson proved his worth in Los Angeles, winning five titles as a coach with the Lakers. It's been said about him that he's a true players coach, someone who can really connect with players on a personal level, and that that this philosophy ultimately led him to become the most influential coach in sports history. Michael was extraordinarily driven. But Chicago wouldn't have been such champions without Dennis Rodman. You might have remembered colorful Dennis Rodman. It's been said about Rodman that he was so versatile that he could guard centers, forwards, or guards equally well. In 1991 onwards, he established himself as one of the best rebounders of all time. Michael could shoot from any point on the court, but he wouldn't have had so many points without Scottie Pippen. And it wasn't just that Pippen is remembered as one of the greatest defenders to ever play the game and one of the most versatile and agile players overall, but as Bull point guard Steve Kerr noted, he was the perfect complement to Michael. Michael was the slave driver. You had to be ready every day for his criticism. Scotty? Scotty would put his arm around you and make sure you were okay. Michael Jordan was an extraordinarily gifted player, but without the gifts of his teammates and coach, the Bulls would never have reached such heights. Some gifts that God gives shine more brightly than others for sure. But all those gifts are ultimately meant for everyone's benefit. So here's the question for you. What is the gift that God has given you? Are you using it for the benefit of the church and for God's glory? Because that's what it's there for. Thanks be to God. Amen.